You are listening to episode 147 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. Just want to say thank you if you are joining us for the first time. For all of you faithful listeners, thank you for listening each and every week. As you know by now, my name is John Mark DeRoe. We are recording this in Three Stream Studio, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host, my compadre, my friend, Mr. Jonathan Haves. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Man, I feel good being called your compadre. That's right. No, I'm doing good, except mm-hmm. I had a small tragedy. Well, not small. There's a large tragedy happened in my life. Just the other day, John Mark, I arrived at home and was so excited to be home to see my children and my bride that I jerked my briefcase out of the back seat of my car, not realizing or forgetting that I had placed my favorite coffee mug oh, no. in that seat. This is a coffee mug that I bought on a trip with Holly in Mintone. It was handmade by a local artisan in her pottery shop. Oh, my goodness. And it came crashing down to its death in my driveway, and I have not been able to emotionally depart with it yet. The shards are sitting in a bag on my dresser. <laughs> and I'm sorry to hear that. It's sad. It's sad. It hurt my heart. Anyway, but I felt like the news was so significant, it needed to be shared here. I needed the cathartic release. Well, I'm glad you did. You know, we... Uh, <laughs> speaking of... I have no way to segue into what I was going to say. I was going to try, and then, I, and then I'm not going to. Just so everyone knows, we never tell one another what we're going to banter about <laughs> before we start. Like, whatever we talk about for a few minutes, it just... it You're hearing it happen. So... John Mark had, I had no idea he had something to say. Well, all he I was going to, he didn't know about my mug tragedy. I didn't. And all I was going to say was we had our uh, annual meeting this past oh, Sunday. Oh, we did. Yep. Did. Yep. Things got crazy. Okay. Not really. But, and that's actually one of the things I love about Shades is our annual meetings tend to be pretty drama free, pretty chill. You know, just everybody being like, hey, how'd things go last year? Yeah. What we doing this year? And a couple clarifying questions about, What's going on, and and let's let's pray for the body and for some new elders. And yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. That's how it goes. Yeah, and I I thought of it because I think of I think of our good friend, member of Shades Valley, Josh McClung, who loves to stay up to date on what's happening at Shades. That is they, true. They're not here every Sunday. That's true. So I thought about him. I was like, we should talk about the annual meeting for a sec- second. Uh, we did nominate two new elders. You want to? share with everyone on the podcast who those elders are yeah 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 so rolling off of our elder board uh was aj wonski and bo armistead so those gentlemen have uh completed their uh service uh and coming on was andrew thompson and matt theus uh and both of those gentlemen have meet a member episodes so if you don't know either of those those gentlemen you can go back and find their meet a member episodes and i believe uh Lisa Theus, Matt's wife, also has a Meet a Member episode. Yep. Um, which is way more fun to listen to than Matt's anyway. Yeah, um, of course. Because so, Lisa's more awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so we affirmed those gentlemen. Um, yep, went over, we made budget last year, which was amazing. Went over where Praise the, Lord. the surplus money was going. Um, and, yeah, all the things, we, man. We welcomed new members. That was the we other did. thing I was going to mention. Yeah. We welcomed several new members to the fold. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Zach Cook, Abby Smith, Carly Corbin. Anna Floyd. Anna Floyd. Caleb Canada, we Caleb prayed Canada. over. Yep. 
There were six, right? Did we just name six? We're going to forget one person. Oh, no. Really bad. It, oh, that's your fault. You started naming people. I know. We didn't plan for now this. Now i got to go. All right. Anna, Zach, Abby, Caleb, uh, 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 Carly. Anna? Did you say Anna Yeah, Floyd? I said Anna. So we've named five. Oh, no. <laughs> and I feel like there's a sixth that I could oh, be no. wrong. Tommy. Tommy. Did was we pray it, over Tommy? Was it yeah, Tommy Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I, well, I knew Tommy had joined. I didn't realize that we hadn't prayed over him yet. So, yes. It was Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, because he turned in his paperwork in January. Yes. So. Yes. Tommy, we did not forget you. <laughs> you were just so much more on the ball than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And had turned in your paperwork so long ago. That's that's what's going on right here. Also, yep. John Mark put me on the spot. And I was trying to kill time to connect Bluetooth to the podcast mixer oh. <laughs> for James' album of the week. So it was multi-pronged. Well, let's do it. Let's just move on. JM's album of the week. All right. All right, it's ambient time, Jonathan. I love ambient. Instrumental ambient time. You're going to love this album. Dude, I've been killing the latest Alaskan tapes. It's good, isn't it? And I actually, I don't know if I told you, I made a playlist with all of Alaskan tapes music. Oh, very Um, cool. And so it's like four-ish hours or so, and I use it for studying a lot right now. Well, I know that you're familiar with this artist, or at least you should be. If you're not, wow, you're about to be blown away. Have you ever heard of Hammock? Yeah, so they have a new album, a new full-length album, and it's straight up like post-rock, very reminiscent of the band that I was in growing up called The Sleep Design. This album is called Love in the Void. This is a group from Nashville, Tennessee, and this track that I'm playing for you is the title track off of the record, Love in the Void. This is... My favorite true post-rock album since probably an album that This Will Destroy You put out like in the 2010, 2011. So this is my favorite that I've encountered in about 10 years or so. And uh, it's absolutely incredible. Now, when I think post-rock, I'd, uh, my biggest band I think of is Sigur Rós. Do you, Sigur, do you put them Rose, in that category? Yes and no. They... I realize that they don't always truly have real lyrics, but I keep them out of the post-rock category because I view post-rock as purely instrumental. Oh, okay, okay. But some people wouldn't. Uh, but if you wanted to differentiate, this is the kind of instrumental version okay, of post-rock. Okay. Although Hammock does have some lyrics in some of these songs, but it's mixed in a way that you can't even yeah. understand what can't even make out yeah, what they're well, saying. And, and well, that's the thing. I think I think that's why I and put Cigar Rose, Rose there is yeah. because, I mean, the lyrics obviously are Icelandic. Right. But, but not only that, like the way in which he sings and all that, it, it's almost like the voice is an instrument yeah. rather than a voice, you know. And, 100%. And I always just think of post-rock as like using rock and roll instrumentation to do very non-rock and roll things. Yes, it is. And that's why they put tons of reverb, delay, and effects on their guitars and create an ambient washy sound. So check out this album. It is available on vinyl. There's a oh, uh, there's a number me. of different special editions. Uh, they they do it in uh, let's see. There's five different pressings that they did, and each go broke. each final has a different color associated with it. But yes, Love in the Void, 
by Hammock. It's absolutely incredible. Check it out. It just came out January 27th. I just learned uh, John and Elizabeth Duncan. You met uh, the Duncans before? Yeah. Shades. Uh, big vinyl collectors. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Maybe we got to start a vinyl club, huh? Yeah, something. Okay. Well, last week, if you tuned in to the show, you heard that we put to death Bradford's Book Club because right. Brad is on sabbatical, uh, as so you long. all should know by now. Yeah, see you later. So we put to death. Good riddance. We had a we had a moment of silence and a, and a funeral Get out uh, ceremony. Bye bye for Bradford's Book Club. See ya. So Jonathan and Howdy. I were talking. <laughs> How many different ways can you say it? I don't know. I'm just being annoying. Let's all get out. Jonathan and I were talking about should we do no segment in right. place of right. Bradford's Book Club? Should we continue on Bradford's Book Club and just call it Jonathan's Book of the Week or Reading, yeah, yeah, reading yeah. Room or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that was kind of my first thing was like, oh, I'll just do my own little book thing. But right. then that was like, I don't know. Yeah. Are we, are yeah. we, you know, because if we're doing that, we're just kind of retreading old ideas yeah old worn out ideas worn out is a great phrase for it yeah so then you came into my office on monday of this week oh yes and you said i've got an idea for a new segment inspiration had struck so what do we what do we want to do here do we want to uh explain the segment what how do, how do we want to intro this I'll, whole thing? I'll, I'll say it you play the new jingle, which yep. I have not heard. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah, you play the jingle, and then I'll explain what it is. So here we go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our great joy, honor, pleasure to introduce to you for the first time a new segment that will happen at least as long as Brad is gone. Mm-hmm. Without any further ado, here is Happening in the Ham. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Happening in the Ham with a nice, concise rock and roll intro. Not any of that drawn out, high flute and whatever highbrow stuff that Bradford's Book Club thing was. Happening in the Ham, ladies and gentlemen, we tell you that this podcast is about theology, culture, and all things shades. And this segment is designed to feature some more culture, but specifically Birmingham culture. Birmingham is a happening city, John Mark. It is. There's stuff going on all the time. And so we want to encourage our body to engage your city and engage the culture that's happening here. So each week on Happening in the Ham, I will highlight for you either my personal experience of uh, a cultural experience here in Birmingham that I've recently had, or I'll tease something that's coming that you should definitely check into. So today, for our inaugural installment, I would like to do both of those things. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Hang on to your hats, people. You're about to see uh, what we call range on, on one of these segments. So first, a recent cultural experience of mine. My wife and I, on the eve of our 19th wedding anniversary, made our way to downtown Birmingham to none other than the BJCC Theater, where we watched the opening night performance of Hamilton. Ladies and gentlemen, it was everything I hoped it would be. It was fantastic. We were in the room where it happened. 
And I don't think that John Mark is understanding any of my references because have you even seen Hamilton, John Mark? I have not. You're cultured. This is where so. there needs to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is this is one of the pieces of John Mark's personality, actually, that I really, really <laughs> like. And it's when something gains so much popularity, just on principle, he's like, I refuse to it just, engage. It just starts to make me angry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I really have not watched it, and Ashley and I had this whole conversation of, like, uh, we know all these people that went to go see Hamilton while they are here, and we are like, man, should have we gone? I mean, and we didn't, so. Um, yeah. Well, you're a Disney Plus member, right? I am. It's sitting there waiting on you, man. Yeah. So. Maybe we'll catch up in anyway, five Anyway, if you didn't catch it this time around, next time it comes to town, maybe you should look into it. It was a wonderful experience. So sometimes on this segment, I'll feature stuff like that. Things I've recently experienced, but sometimes I'll also tell you about things that are coming up. And that's what I would like to do right now. Ladies and gentlemen, coming this weekend to the BJCC Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama, is Monster Jam. Oh, man. Monster Jam. Kids love Monster Jam. In the ham. Last time it was Hamilton in the ham. Now it's Monster Jam in the ham. If you don't know what Monster Jam is, uh, it's a monster truck rally. Um, which, Jay, check this out. I didn't even know this until recently. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a little die-cast monster truck. It was this blue truck called Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go look and see if I could find one of those, and I end up diving down the rabbit hole of monster truck history and didn't even realize Bigfoot, my little monster truck, was like the first monster truck. Wow. Like, this is not as old as you would think. Yeah. Um, you know, like the first huge public spectacle was Bigfoot in the, uh, oh goodness, which dome was it? I don't remember which dome it was, uh, but it was like halftime of a football game and he just drove up on some cars. It was like in 1982, 1983. I bet it was like in Detroit. I feel like Detroit would be a good Silver place. Dome. The Silver Dome. Yep, yeah. that was it. It's either Detroit or Minnesota. It's it's up there somewhere. Anyway, but yeah. So I'm excited. My little boys have been into monster trucks for a while now. And the, I remember the day I showed them a video that their little die-cast toys are actual real-life trucks. They lost their minds. And so they're really going to lose their minds. So it's this weekend. There are two shows on Saturday, one at 1 p.m., one at 7 p.m. And there is one show on Sunday at 2 p.m. And that's the one that me and my boys and my wife will be at, and we're excited. So there's a little demonstration of what you can come to expect from happening in the ham. And like I said, we've got range all the way from Broadway to stinking monster trucks in the mud. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you will enjoy this new segment, encouraging you to engage in the culture happening in your city. That concludes Happening in the Ham. All right. Well, now that I'm feeling all cultured, John Mark, I kind of feel like taking a trip. You got anywhere we could go? I would love to take a trip. I've got my bags packed. I'm just doing, I'm actually going to check luggage, too. I'm going to check. I know this is expensive these days, but uh, maybe I can find some Sky Miles to take care of that checked baggage. Down to the email corridor. All right, we got a couple of emails in the old email corridor. Let's read yours first, Jonathan. Yeah, I, got a, I got a nice short and sweet one right yep. here. The subject is concerning this week's MAM. Okay. Took me a second to realize that was me to member. Um, 
I just I read it as this week's ma'am. I'm like, what what what's this week's ma'am? Um, no, but so if you listen to last week's episode, we did a meet a member with Adam Nichols, and uh, this email comes from one Allie Nichols. Okay. She said, hi, I'm a faithful listener of Shades Midweek and especially enjoyed this week's Meet a Member, ma'am, concerning Mr. Adam Nichols. I felt I should share some supporting evidence related to the 21st birthday story. Just to complete the picture, please see attached. Here to help. And then she attached a picture that can only be adequately described as glorious. If you're unfamiliar, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, Adam described a 21st birthday experience where he went on a date with several friends who were all very nicely dressed, and he wore a soccer jersey and pajama pants, and we now have the picture to prove it. So, John Mark, I think we're going to post this on our Insta stories, maybe? Yep. Yeah, so that everyone can enjoy this as much as we have. So thank you, Allie, for writing in and providing us with this spark of joy. This is amazing. Yeah, and I believe that was Allie's first time to write into the email corridor, so welcome. This is the content I'm here for. So, all right. Well, we got another email, but this one is a slightly longer and not from a first-time writer. JM, do you want to tackle this one? Well, it should come as no surprise to the frequent listeners of Midweek that if we receive a rather lengthy email, it comes from one individual. And that individual is Doug Abernathy. Glad to see you here again in the corridor. Let's see what Doug has to say. The subject title reads, Slow News Day, Pastor's Pair. I love the fact that he's addressing just the two of us. Just the two of us. First, I must say what an honor it is to be a top five episode of 2022, even though the even though the budget meeting uh, now no longer goes out to Shades Worldwide, I'm glad I can still reach those people through midweek. So a little, little context for everybody. Uh, if you missed our recap ep, uh, Doug did a Meet a Member last year, and it, it was one of the top five listened to episodes. Uh, and then Doug is also the head of our finance team, and so he leads that portion of our annual meeting. And over the past few years during COVID, we had live-streamed it, and that's what he means by Shades Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Because we quit doing that. So now he's reaching out to everyone through midweek. And and let it be known that he's always referred to the live stream as Shades Worldwide, even when I see him in person. So That's hilarious. He goes on to say, I have kept a running draft of comments and questions for the pod that can be used to fill the eventual New Year drag in content. <laughs> Enjoy at your own risk. All right. So here's, I am unsurprised. Here are his questions and suggestions for uh episodes can there be an annual competition where the winner gets to do the intro for the svcc sermon podcast who is that guy anyway (laughs) what should that competition be oh well uh, so some of doug's things right here we can address very quickly some maybe we'll save for the future put them in our own draft folder if you will uh so what he's referencing is if you listen to our sermon podcast there's a voice at the beginning that's like uh you're listening to a sermon recorded at Shades Valley mm-hmm. in Homewood, Alabama, or something like that. That was Caleb Stallings, who has a fantastic voice. Caleb went to Shades while he was a Beeson student. He interned here. He recorded it while he was here, and we've just never replaced it. We've never changed it. We've talked about it many times because, as everyone now knows, the official voice of Shades Valley is Jeff Steiglater. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and we, we've talked to Jeff about getting him in here to, to redo that. We've just never done it. 
So we either need to do that, or or I, I like Doug's idea. I don't know what the competition would be, but it's fun. It's an interesting thought for sure. All right. All right, he goes on. JM, you may need Matt to come back and answer this question, but could we ever have an alternative Sunday morning setup where we have the option to listen to the sermon at 1.2 times speed? Make it like an in-person podcast experience. Yeah, so Spotify offers 1.2 times speed. It's just a little faster than normal speed. Yeah, but Doug's uh, asking if we can do that live. We can't. Right, right. So Doug's I'm, got jokes. We we can definitely check with Matt, but I'm just going to say oh that science Lord. doesn't allow for that. <laughs> Doug, I don't talk fast enough for you already. Uh, is there okay. is it's there fun. he goes on to say is there a release date for the episode on the role of background music in prayer, spiritual warfare and emotional manipulation promised in episode 104? No, there <laughs> no there's not. There's not a release date. There's not a release date. However, thanks for the reminder. Uh, We'll put it in the queue. Could we make one Sunday a member-led service where the sermon topic and songs are all chosen by Instagram (laughs) polls? That sounds like a terrible idea. That could get real tricky. You you know what's funny, though, uh, as far as, like, the songs go right there? JM, I don't know if you all ever did this, but growing up, uh, we would on occasion have a Sunday night service um, where it was all hymns, like we sang. It was like a song service. And literally, people, it, it would just be your pick your favorite hymn, and people would uh, like just yell it out. And when we got done with that one, someone else would yell out the next one they want to do, and it was just the congregation choosing their favorite songs. But the one rule was if you selected a song that the worship leader didn't know, you had to come and lead it. Because inevitably... <laughs> teenagers would all look for the most obscure hymns they could find, you know? So anyway, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the (laughs) the closest thing that we get to this is a body life, and that is different than doing things with Instagram polls and things like that. So Again, I think Doug's being, I'm assuming he's being funny. (laughs) JM, how much work is it to rearrange a song? There are a lot of really cool updated versions of old hymns. Could Shades do their own version of a hymns album? The short answer is it It really just depends on how much you want to rearrange it. Uh, sometimes it can be a quick process. Sometimes it can be a long process. A friend of mine, I will refer you to this because Shades has not done a hymns album. I don't know if we will, but... Well, uh, I, I was going to say, if Doug wants to drop about ten to fifteen grand, we could probably pull off. Uh, yeah, we could maybe do it for cheaper. But re- yeah. recording's more expensive than you than you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would love your help, Doug, if you want to contribute financially. What I was going to say is, a friend of mine, Jeremy Moore, who used to be here at Shades, and he's a part of the Shades uh, collaboration effort. Uh, he actually has his own hymns record called Pillars that I played drums on and a few other things. And it's uh, 10 tracks, I believe. They're all rearranged hymns. They're very, very good. I would yeah. highly recommend that record. It, it's fantastic. And we've played a few of those versions. In fact, I think we are planning to play one of them this yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Fate would just so ha- have that. So uh, finally, it seems that the silent majority has spoken and they fully support the missions team's proposition of giving up coffee on Sunday mornings during Lent and instead using that time and money to make care packages for our missionaries. Lisa Theus is already preparing care package information in anticipation of the official announcement. As a bonus, this will align well with Brad's sabbatical and his notorious coffee opinions. Um, <sighs> this is controversial. Well, Doug, um, so while you reference a silent majority, 
there definitely is a vocal, at least minority. <laughs> um, so I've dropped this idea in front of a couple of people, and uh, the general the general consensus is, well, yeah, we love the idea of care packages for missionaries, but why does that mean we can't have coffee? <laughs> I've actually got lunch scheduled with Doug next week. So, Doug, we'll talk about this idea more in full. But uh, the short version is, like, whether or not the giving up of coffee happens, we definitely want to make the missionary care packages happen. So, we'll talk about some different options well, uh, next week. I'll be honest. You know, sometimes things at Shades Midweek just happen where something gets said on the show and it qu- creates a firestorm of opinion. <laughs> And people email into the email corridor, and I'm just telling you right now, the people hearing that there may not be coffee during Lent, I feel like we're just about to get inundated with emails. Just flooded. Okay, and then he ends the email by saying, speaking of which, and that's in reference to Brad's sabbatical, he says, what do you think will be your favorite thing about, about Brad being gone on sabbatical? That may need to be its own episode. Well, Douglas, you're in luck, because as we move into the main content for today's episode, it's all about sabbaticals. So I don't have a sabbatical theme. Don't have a sabbatical jingle. theme. Jingle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, so I think we're entitling this uh, episode a Pastor Facts. It's a Pastor Facts. Um, so, which actually, for those of you who don't know, stands for frequently asked questions. So as pastors, there are questions that we get asked on a frequent basis. And so this one is about sabbaticals, which I'll start out by saying this is a little ironic because <laughs> we don't actually get asked often. And it's not a frequently asked question about sabbaticals, but I bring that up as an irony because it should be. Yeah. It should be. It should be because the practice of pastoral sabbaticals should be a much more normal practice. It's a rare one, actually, and we think it should be normalized, and we'll talk about that. It should be a frequently asked question. Why do pastors get sabbaticals? Right. So we'll definitely talk about that here in a second, but before we do, just to address Doug's uh, question, which is definitely the most important thing we're going to talk about right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is going to be our favorite thing about Brad being gone on sabbatical? You know, I mean, um, where do you start? I don't know. I mean, JM, you don't have to deal with a mediocre drummer, right? You know, weighing, that was meaner the, than I than I meant the band, for it to be. <laughs> weighing the band down on Sunday morning. I'm just oh kidding. my word! Yeah, we don't have to listen to him complain about his knee surgery anymore, or how he's losing sleep. Right. He walks of that in, baby. He walks in because he's tired. We don't have to deal with his little dog yipping in his office anymore when he brings Oxford up here. He's never going to listen to this episode. We don't have no. to listen to that stinking organ riff week after week. <laughs> I mean, where do we stop? No, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, we already feel the pain of Brad being gone yeah. uh, in some really large ways um, and then in some really minute practical ways. Like we knew anytime someone's gone for an extended period of time, even if it's just vacation, we all know there are going to be things that are just so small and a yeah. part of our habit. Unseen that, things. Yeah, that, that aren't they're not going to remember to tell somebody we're not going to know to look for it so for instance one that we just realized this sunday is apparently brad unlocks the front doors of shades every sunday and and what's considered the front doors of shades is a bit of a controversy um so the main entrance that people use the most is actually the side door where you can drive through and when you walk through them you see the big staircase 
technically the front doors face Oxmoor Road. Um, and so we, we always get the side doors unlocked because those are the ones we come in and out of the most. But apparently Brad was the one unlocking those front doors. And for the past two weeks, people have been trying to come in them and had to walk around the building. <laughs> so yeah. we gotta, we got to get that taken care of. But all that to say, whether it's a little thing like that or whether it's big things like, you know, well, I can't think of anything. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> Preaching while you have COVID. There you that, go. That would have been. Yeah, yeah. Brad probably would have stepped in he would if have. he would have been here. Yeah. But, no, we miss Bradford, <laughs> and we're very thankful that he gets this time uh, away. And so let's talk about this time away, this sabbatical. And really, I think there's two questions for us to really address, and that's what is a sabbatical? And then why do pastors need them or should they get them you know so so kind of what and why so to start off with what um the idea of a sabbatical actually has um biblical foundations uh, I, I hope that you very quickly hear in there that the root term is sabbath which uh shabbat is the hebrew term which can actually just mean week it's the way of referring to week or it can mean a specific day of the week, namely the last one, the seventh day, what we call Saturday. And this is this is something that's really, really interesting, John Mark. All of our methods of keeping time have natural uh, corollaries in creation. So here's what I mean by that. A month is based off the cycle of the moon. A year is based off of how long it takes for us to make a revolution around the sun. A day based off how long it takes for the earth to make a full rotation. The only measurement of time without that is a week. Mm. The only reason we have a seven-day week is because of the biblical creation account. Mm. That is that is how much of a shaping effect the Bible has had mm-hmm. just on our culture in general. The idea of a seven-day week comes from the Genesis narrative of creation. And in that narrative of creation, God does his creating and his organizing work over a period of six days, and then the seventh day is set apart. Uh, Even when you look at, like, the literary structure of Genesis 1, those first six days are actually divided into two groups of three, and they parallel one another. There's there's a whole lot of structure to it. Um, So in the first three days, God is, like, organizing spaces, if you will, and then in the second set of three days, he's filling those spaces. Mm-hmm. And they parallel one another. So day one is parallel to day four. Day five is parallel to, I mean, excuse me, day two is parallel to day five. And day three is parallel to day six. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the seventh day in multiple ways stands off right. by itself. And it uh, is called the Sabbath. Uh, and the Lord sets it apart, and he rests from his work on those days, which is a funny thing to say about God, because God needs not rest. Right. <laughs> um, he doesn't get tired. He doesn't sleep, according to the Psalms. He doesn't slumber. You know, um, He doesn't need like this recuperation. And so rest is way more than this idea of ceasing. Um, it really encapsulates this idea of celebrating. Um, like the Sabbath is set aside for worship. Mm. 
It's God has created things, and he's called us to participate in that creative work, to cultivate, to continue uh, that we are, as J.R. Tolkien would say, we are sub-creators. Oh, here we go. Yeah, right? Here right? we go. So, like, it's one of the ways we image God, right? That just like he created, we we create and cultivate and all of that. And we're to do that. But then God took a break from that, as it were, and we are also to set aside time from that to just marvel. God steps back and looks at all of his creative work and says it is very good, and he celebrates it. You know, and we are to enter into that. So Sabbath is always in Scripture connected, not just with this idea of rest, which I think we emphasize a lot, and rightly so, but it's also connected with worship constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, every festival uh, that the Israelites have is called a special Sabbath. You know, it's 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 just in the rhythm. It's it's designed to to be in the rhythm of their their week. Anyway, so so Sabbath. Um, becomes uh, the, the creative, God's creation in six days and then setting aside the Sabbath becomes a model for our work week. And that's made explicit uh, right in the heart of the Ten Commandments. So you go to Exodus chapter 20, and when God gives the command uh, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, he also gives an, explan- uh, an explanatory note as to why. He, and he says, for remember, the Lord God created everything in six days and rested on the seventh. Therefore, you shall do your work in six days and rest on the seventh. Like, this is why it's modeled after this. Um, this still affects our work week to this day. Like the reason you have a five-day work week and a two-day weekend is because of Judaism and Christianity mm-hmm. and the Judeo-Christian heritage of the West. Um, so Saturday, like, like in the ancient world, outside of the Jewish culture, there was no such thing as a weekend. Like there wasn't a day off right? kind of thing. Like that was unheard of. Um, and so it's the influence of Judaism first that establishes this idea of the last day of the week, Saturday, if you will, as a day of ceasing from work. And then as Christianity uh, is born and expands, especially throughout the Roman Empire, you know, Christians are setting aside Sunday uh, to worship, the first day of the week in recognition of the resurrection of Jesus. And and at first, it's not set aside in the sense of ceasing from work. It's not like they can just, you know, tell the Roman Empire, hey, we'd like a Sunday off. Yeah, They'd be getting up at the crack of dawn, honestly, to gather and to worship and things like that on Sunday. But as the Roman Empire is Christianized, then Sunday also kind of takes that on. And this is what leads to the idea of a two-day weekend, Saturday being influenced by Judaism and Sunday being influenced by Christianity. And so, like, even the way our modern work week is shaped is mm. influenced because of the the idea and concept of Sabbath. And the thing is, is like, that's, that's about as far as I think a lot of people go when they think about Sabbath and scripture. But the idea is actually bigger than that. And we don't have time to get into everything. But if you, if you want to look, just kind of take one more step, then go read Leviticus 25. I know Leviticus, everybody's right. favorite. We love favorite Leviticus. Reading. You should, you should. Leviticus yes. is fantastic. Yes. But, um, what you'll find in Leviticus 25 uh, described is actually actually an agricultural Sabbath. So God gives this very specific instruction to his people about the way they are to care for the land he has promised to give them when they go into the land. And he talks about working the land, cultivating the land for six years. 
But in the seventh year, you let the land rest. You don't cultivate it. You don't work it. Now, you still let everything grow. So, like, if you'd been planting an orchard where you can let it grow naturally and all of that, and actually the produce is meant to provide for, in a natural way, meant to provide for you and the poor and uh, herds and all of these kinds of things, um, but you let the land rest. And and part of the idea built in there and is, is that it, it's a way of recognizing, yes, our work and all of that is important, but we are ultimately dependent upon the Lord and his provision. Uh, the idea of the weekly Sabbath also has part of that built into it, you know, that I am not, uh, like the world goes on without me and it's okay, I can rest from these labors, God will take care of me and I need to set aside time to focus and worship him for his provision and not just think I'm doing all of this by my own hand. But so you had this idea of an agricultural Sabbath once every seven years. Now, I have not done deep study into this. I don't know if Israel ever observed that mm. or not and let the land lie fallow. Um, the the next thing that's described in Leviticus 25 after uh, that agricultural Sabbath is what's known as the year of Jubilee, mm-hmm. which is like a Sabbath of Sabbaths. The right. year of Jubilee was... Uh, so after seven seven, so seven right. years times seven years is forty nine. So in the fiftieth year, every fifty years, you're supposed to have a big year of jubilee, uh, where it, it's not just the land getting rest. It's like oh, everything, yeah. like debts are forgiven, yeah. indentured servants are released. There's all sort, and and we could go into all the the reasons uh, that God sets things up that way for Israel. Uh, but I I do know for a fact, like we don't have any evidence that the year of Jubilee was ever actually observed mm. um, by, by the Israelites. And, um, and all of this, all of this, uh, you know, weekly Sabbath, uh, seven-year agricultural Sabbath, year of Jubilee, it all ultimately is pointing towards fulfillment in Christ. Mm. It's all ultimately, he is our Sabbath rest. Uh, all of our work and striving comes to cease in him, and he becomes our full worship and celebration. He forgives all debts. He sets the captive free. He is our, our, our jubilee. And that really is talked about probably most explicitly in Hebrews chapter 4. And it's, it's an eschatological reality that we're ultimately looking forward to. Uh, of the when Christ returns to make all things new, we enter truly into that eternal Sabbath rest. Um, so, so that's just kind of a couple of the pieces of the biblical picture mm-hmm. that lay a foundation for this idea of Sabbath. And one of the, one of the sad things I think is that this is obviously a very biblical notion, but if you talk about sabbatical, what's, what's the first profession that comes to mind for you? If I say someone's taking a sabbatical, have you ever heard of a profession taking that? I can't say that I have okay. outside of church. It's pro- it, well, it, it's probably just because of my experience in seminary and all of that kind of thing. So it's a very common thing to hear about professors. Okay, okay, sure. Uh, like yeah, in yeah. the academy. Sure. So professors will be granted a sabbatical from teaching classes to go do research, to work on a writing project, all of those kinds of things. I hear about it way more in the academy uh, than I do mm. uh, in in uh, church circles. Yeah. Um, and now I do think it is gaining some traction mm-hmm. uh, in church circles. 
but but yeah, and 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 the idea of a sabbatical really takes its its cues from that agricultural Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So that agricultural Sabbath, once every seven years, uh, there's a break granted, and so that's kind of where that idea of a sabbatical uh, of somebody in the midst of their job having some rest from that work probably once every so many years right. so forth and and so on so so this is all where the idea of a sabbatical comes from it explains its its roots but like and and, and it starts to kind of hit it the idea of why like why should we um, consider a sabbatical like this important uh, especially within our context in the church uh, for for pastors. And I just, I, I sketched down just a brief sentence trying to give a, a very concise answer okay. to the, the why or the purpose of a sabbatical. Uh, it's a time of rest for the purpose of re-energizing, refocusing, and renewing. I know you like my R's. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a time of rest for the purpose <laughs> of re-energizing, refocusing, and renewing the worshipful nature of our work. Time. I'm into it. Time of rest for the purpose of re-energizing, refocusing, and renewing the worshipful nature of our work. So, so a sabbatical is not merely just let me cut myself off from work completely. and re- No, it actually is meant to serve what we do in our mm. professions and give us greater longevity in our professions and things and things of that. So, so, so let me kind of take these things I listed here one at a time. So a time of rest for the purpose of re-energizing. All of us know, no matter what work we do, that it's really easy over an extended period of time to just become worn down mm-hmm. and, and weary. And um, in pastoral work, like, I, I should have looked up statistics before we did this. <laughs> I really should have. Just make them up, Jonathan. Just make fine. them up. But <laughs> this, I do know, I've looked at them before. Like, the statistics of burnout, you know, are really crazy, especially if you look at, like, the statistics of burnout for pastors over COVID mm, yeah. um, here recently. I mean, I think that brought it again to the forefront. You had major news outlets, not not Christianity Today and stuff like that. You had, like, the New York Times and – Stinging stuff yeah, well, like NPR, I think NPR did, think, did something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like covering pastoral burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, yeah. So, so part of the purpose of a Sabbath is to give you time for having a little bit of a break from the normal responsibilities that just weigh heavy on your heart, heavy on your mind, uh, and and to breathe for a second. So to hopefully restore some energy. So re-energizing. Not just that, but refocusing. So a lot of us, I think, when we come into ministry, we come in with like this really grand vision of the purpose for why we do what we do. And then just year after year, you get into just the daily slog of Mm -hmm. ministry. And there's the daily task to be done. There's the weekly task to be done. There's this crisis to handle. There's this person to counsel. There's this, and you can kind of lose the big picture, mm-hmm. and lose that that vision for which you're like 
striving. And so a sabbatical gives you time to step back and to remind yourself of why you're even doing this in the first place. Yeah. What God called you to, why it's it's important, um, and and what what you're aiming at. So it gives you that that chance to to refocus. And hopefully through those two things, the third one happens. And that's renew. Renew. And so what I mean by that is like so so with re-energize, we're primarily talking about energy level. With refocus, we're talking about like mental, like seeing, vision, seeing the big picture. With renew, we're talking about your heart, your passion, your joy. And so this is part of the purpose of a sabbatical is to renew that passion that a pastor should have, hopefully, the zeal they should have for the lost, for the people God has entrusted to their care, uh, for the gospel, uh, for preaching, for leading worship, for whatever it is. So a time of, of renewal. All three of these things are connected. Like, like they're, they're a collective. They go together, and, and they really, when you, when, when you see them all together, I think you can see why I say it this way. A sabbatical is a time of rest for the purpose of re-energizing, refocus, and renewing the worshipful nature of our work. So as pastors, we don't want to just do the job just to do the job. We want mm. this to be done as an act of worship. We want to lead people in worship because we ourselves are worshiping through the work that we are doing. So, so yeah, so a, a sabbatical, you know, uh, it, it helps to reveal uh, to us something about ourselves, that we are dependent people who can't just go nonstop. We are in need of the Lord's provision. Um, and it also helps to reveal something to us about God, that he is gracious to provide. And, and yeah, and so just refocusing and re-energizing, renewing our hearts just in worship of him for the sake of doing our ministerial work in the way that we're called to and in the way that we're supposed to. Yeah, it's good. So at Shades, to, to, to bring some of this down into the nitty gritty, Yep. at Shades, we actually have a, uh, a sabbatical policy. We don't necessarily have a, a, a lot of policies in writing. <laughs> uh, that's been changing over the years. It has. It's been changing. Uh, but we do have a sabbatical policy, and we have that policy thanks to one Ed Kaler. Man, um, ultimately, you know, first and foremost, thankful to to Ed. So, uh, for those who don't know, Ed served on staff here at Shades faithfully as an associate pastor for I, I can't even remember how many years. A long time. A long time. Um, he was here for the first seven years that I was here. Yeah, for yeah, because he retired in 2019, right? Yeah, yeah, so. and and he'd been here many years before that, but he was here for those first seven years. And Ed not only worked part time for us, but part time for our denomination, the Evangelical Free Church of America. And as part of his position with the denomination, he was granted a sabbatical. So he proposed to the elders here that we needed to have a sabbatical policy in place for our full-time pastors and walked them through a lot of the same things that we just talked about 
as to the why, what the benefit is, all of these kinds of things, um, and help to develop a sabbatical policy. And so what I, what I wanted to do, I'm not, I'm not going to read this whole policy to, to everybody. <laughs> Please do. It's only 20 pages. If you want a copy of it, I'm happy to provide you with one. It's not like it's a secret or anything like that. It's actually a single page. Um, but uh, I do want to read the very first thing, which is the purpose for a sabbatical. And so this is what our policy says. Uh, the sabbatical is intended to provide pastoral staff with a gift of time away from normal responsibilities and locations to pursue a plan of personal renewal and growth that combines study, travel, relaxation, education, and research. The sabbatical is not just a reward for longevity of service and commitment. More importantly, it is an opportunity for those who have given consistently of their service to refill their own hearts and resources in order that they might continue in the effective service to the Lord at Shades Valley Community Church. So you see, it, it serves the individual and it serves the body too. Like the goal is for that renewal for the sake of worshipful work. So uh, I do want to highlight a few things off of this policy just so people know. Um, so it's offered to uh, our, our uh, pastoral staff here and it's offered once every seven years. So that's pulled from that uh, idea of the agricultural sabbatical. Yep. So you work for six years, and then in the seventh, you're given a sabbatical. Now, not for the entire year. Not for the entire year. <laughs> should yeah, I'm be like, noted. I'm like, man, maybe we should change this entire. No, oh, I'm just entire kidding. year. That'd be amazing. Uh, no, uh, it's three months, which is an incredible gift. I do yeah. know places where, like, they're given a sabbatical and it's like six weeks, yeah. which which is still. Great, but yeah. man, three months. Hey, it's a quarter of the year. I mean, yeah. that's that's a huge, huge thing. So that's, that is incredible. And just so you know, it can't be broken up. It has to that's part of the policy. It has to be taken all together as a three month period because otherwise it's not really achieving the point. Right. You know, for, for what it's after this kind of extended period of of uh, renewal. So uh and it's not just like there's no form or structure to it at all. So we we actually have to write up an application, like a proposal yep. for it. So I'll, I'll read you this. The pastor applying for a sabbatical must submit a proposal for approval to the elder board. Uh, it should outline in general terms how the sabbatical time will be invested. Uh, the proposal should reflect a balance of physical rest, personal recreation, intellectual stimulation, and spiritual renewal. Sufficient time for family should also be included. So like... It's not just this unstructured three months of like, hey, we'll see you later. Go have fun. Uh, it's no, hey, we want you to formulate a plan. We want you to maximize this time. So formulate a plan and let us see that plan and kind of help you think through that because we want this to be of the maximum benefit to you and to your family. So so in other words, uh, it's not just a three-month vacation. Right. <laughs> All right. There, there are there are hopes that there will be like some vacation time in there, some time to yeah. chill with your family and connect and do some things you normally wouldn't. Hundred percent, hundred percent, yes. But but not like a three month long stay, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe in Bali or something. Right, 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 like that, right, 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 right. Yeah, no, not not that. Yeah. Um, uh, there's also I'll actually share uh, a few things off of my proposal from my 2019 sabbatical, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what this could could look like. But once it's over, uh, this is the last thing I'll share off the policy. 
uh, once it's over, is there's a review. So an oral report mm. will be given to the elder board. Now, you don't have to you don't have to write it up, but <laughs> but an oral report <laughs> will be given to the elder board at the first elder meeting following the sabbatical, summarizing the experience and its benefits. It is our suggestion that a journal be kept to assist in giving this report. So those are a few highlights. That's cool from uh, from the SVCC policy. Yeah, and and some ideas of kind of what it looks like here at at Shades. So to put a little meat on those bones, I'll just tell you just a few things about my personal experience in 2019. Yeah, and let me just say before you get into it, I joined staff full-time in April of 2019, and it wasn't (laughs) that much long after. When when did you go? Was it June? Was that Uh, the beginning? June, July, and August, yeah. Yeah, so I was on the job full-time for three months, and not only did Ed retire – and then uh, senior pastor Jonathan Haves took a sabbatical. So it was just me and Brad for three months. I was like, peace out, guys. Oh, no. I did try to, to – so one of the things – I didn't read this off the policy, but there's actually a whole paragraph uh, about coverage, so about, like, the pastor that's leaving – having to help prepare for right. all of their duties to be right. covered while right. they're gone. So, like, uh, when I was gone, for instance, there was a series planned through Proverbs. I helped to plan that series and kind of outline it, give some ideas, and then had to, like, make lists of other responsibilities I covered, and we had to divide those up. And, and Brad's done the same thing with us, even though he forgot to mention unlocking the front doors Thanks, on Sunday. <laughs> right. Um, but so just to, to give you a couple of uh, ideas, so – in June, through June, July, and August, I had four or five times that I traveled. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I did right out of the gate was took a big family trip. It was kind of like, all right, let's start the thing off with the just breathing. And yep. and really, it takes a moment, man. When you start, it takes a moment to disconnect. Right. Like that the, it really takes getting into the second or third week because that first week you just feel like you're on vacation. Right, right. The second week you're like, okay, how often do I take two weeks of vacation in a row? <laughs> Very rarely. You know, so you start to feel it. By week three you're like, all right, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so so I started off, we took a big, huge family road trip up to Washington, D.C., where my fam- part of my family lives and did a big tour of dc we spent some time at a beach in virginia we we just we did a a lot of things yeah we did, did some historic things we hit williamsburg and jamestown and it was just it was just a lot of fun a lot of family time um and then later that month i went to the efca national conference so i got to meet back up with brad and john mark yep um in chicago and uh and so this uh, our our national conference happens every other year and so, you know, you get to go and you get to be refreshed and renewed, listen to some great teaching and things of that nature. And so that's what that was. Um, at the time, I was uh, enrolled in some uh, school classes. So during July, I spent a week uh, doing some classes. Uh, and then late July, I took a trip with just Holly and technically, so technically, <laughs> Asher was with us right. um, because he was still like really little. Uh, not Asher, excuse me, Solomon. This is what happens when you have five children. Right. Solomon was with us because he was a baby. Um, but we flew. It wasn't just a vacation for Holly and I. We flew to Montana 
um, and got to visit hundredfold uh, our missionaries up there and spend time on the ground cool. uh, with the Hudsons and with the Lackeys. And so, yes, there were some vacation-type elements to that. Like, we went uh, to uh, the, the National Park, um, up the Glacier National Park, and we went to a bison preserve. That, that was really cool. But we got to, on the ground, see what our missionaries do and, and connect with them and minister to them. And so that was, that was really cool and a lot of fun. Uh, and then my last trip I took was in August. And in August, I went to uh, Austin, Texas, and met up with five of my close friends from seminary who are all serving in various ministry capacities. And we just really got to spend time praying for one another, loving on one another, sharing what's going on in our lives, talking about life and ministry. And it was just, I mean, it was a really great time of, of renewal. Super cool. So, so that's what some of that, those different kind of trips looked. And you can kind of see how they all had little different angles and, and purposes. In the midst of all that, I had uh, a specific study plan for some stuff I was wanting to, to study. You know, mo- most of the time my reading is controlled by what I'm teaching. Right, right. So, so right now, I am overwhelmingly reading judges stuff. Yeah. Um, and often there can be like, man, I really, there's this issue out there that I get asked questions about all the time. And I know there's great resources, but I, I, I just never get to them. Or there's this issue I have when I'm counseling people all the time. Or, and so it provided some time for some focused study on some things that I had chosen. Um, and then uh, I also did for some personal spiritual renewal, uh, I visited a lot of churches in Birmingham on Sundays. Uh, I think I came to Shades maybe three times, two or three times mm-hmm. during my sabbatical. Um, but mostly I visited other churches where I have friends who are pastors and just got to sit under their teaching and see what Sunday morning looked like for them. And just it's just a really encouraging experience. Um, and then I also set up lots of coffees with old professors that I had from Beeson and just uh, got to have some times of renewal with, with them. So yeah, so that's that's just a couple of things. There are some other things here, but you know, I think I've given enough of the examples of things I did in 2019. So, so there's just some some concrete, tangible stuff of what it can look like. Now we all know that Brad is just being lazy bones, of doing course, nothing. Probably, probably sleeping. It is, it is watching just, TV. I mean, I've got a copy of his proposal right here, and it's just a blank just, page. Yeah. Um, it, it just says, I'm going to do nothing for, th- oh, I'm just kidding. Just says Netflix <laughs> on there. No, he submitted a proposal. Um, it's great. I'm not going to go over it at all because I guarantee what happened to me happens to him. And that like, if you read my proposal, there's a number of things that I listed that totally changed <laughs> while I was on it. Right. Um, and so I think it'll be more fun for when he comes back for us to hear him just kind of give a report at yeah. that point of what it was like and absolutely what he experienced and all that. But man, uh, John Mark, tell us about your experience on your first sabbatical. Oh man, let me tell you, you got 20, 30 minutes or so. I can really, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't been on one yet. Uh, we all know that. But it's coming. It is coming soon. It is coming. We're actually in discussions of scheduling uh, John Mark's first sabbatical and, and when that will be. And so we're, we're super excited um, that he's going to get to have that experience because since there's three of us uh, and it's once every seven years, we definitely have tried to structure it where there will only be one of us gone at a time. Yeah. Don't want two of us gone at one time. That would be really tough. Be kind of mean to whoever was left over. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Well, I think the, probably the best way 
to kind of wrap up and close this out is just to say a couple of big thank yous. Um, because we recognize, and I, I mean, I said this at the very beginning, like this is not necessarily the norm. It should be. Right. And I wish it right. was. It, it would be fascinating. I bet, I bet somebody out there has a study. Again, I should have Googled statistics. Um, it would be fascinating to see a study of average, like, pastoral longevity, like how mm. long they stay at a church and, and compare churches that have sabbaticals to churches that don't. It, I mean, I know what yeah. I think that data would show, but it'd right. just be interesting to see the, the hard data. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, so, so in other words, want to say a big thank you first to Ed Kaler and for yep. his uh, pushing uh, for a sabbatical policy. Secondly, to the elders uh, for hearing him and seeing the value and, and granting that because it puts some extra weight on their shoulders uh, when one of us is gone. Um, and then thirdly, to the body. Yeah. Uh, because I have, ne- while we did an episode on this, like talking about the what and the why, it's not because people have objected to it here. I have never met yet. I hadn't run into anybody at Shades Valley that's been like, why do we do this whole sabbatical thing? Right. That's ridiculous. Right. I don't right. get three months off from my job. Right. Everybody has just been so incredibly supportive, have loved that we do it, and and so just... The fact that we've got the body and the leadership and everybody just wanting, you know, long-term health for the pastoral staff here um, and seeing how it ultimately serves the body, too. It's just, I don't know, we're just very, very grateful um, and feel really, really seen, cared for, and and loved um, by, by the body of Shades Valley. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only question that I've heard was, is Brad really on sabbatical? Like it was almost like, is that really happening? You know, and it wasn't in a bad way. It was just like, right. Oh, he really is on sabbatical, right? Y'all weren't making jokes. <laughs> no, we're serious. We, we take this very seriously. <laughs> oh no. But no, this was really helpful. And I, and I hope it was helpful for anyone that has, didn't really understand the background of the sabbatical and, uh, biblically where that's coming from. And just at shades within our context, um, uh, how that plays out here. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this was a great episode to listen to. And uh, as usual, and of course, if you have any questions, you can always email us here at midweek at shadesvalley.org. I, I did want to mention a couple of quick notes before we go. There's a number of events that are coming up. Uh, that I'd like for everyone to know about. Are you talking about things happening in the ham? Things happening at Shades. In the ham. In particular, in the ham. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got our Ash Wednesday service that's coming up on a Wednesday night, February 22nd. 22nd. Yep. And that'll be at 6.15 p.m. That'll be here at Shades. Uh, That weekend, uh, February 25th, that's a Saturday, we are doing a Birmingham Civil Rights Tour. It's being led by Colin Hanson, friend of Midweek. He has spoken here at Shades. Uh, He's been on the podcast. We've done the Civil Rights Tour with him before as staff. Those are all his most important accolades, but we do feel obligated to mention he's also like the editor-in-chief for the Gospel Coalition and the host oh, of the sure, Gospel Bound sure, podcast sure, and sure, you know, sure. those kinds of things. But you know, Well, he does an awesome civil rights tour, and so if you want to go, 
the easiest way to do it, you can email the office, office at shadesvalley.org or midweek at shadesvalley.org. You can also sign up. We're going to have sign up uh, in the back of the sanctuary for the next few Sundays. It's of no cost to you personally. Right. Um, the, the big thing is, depending on how many signups we get, that will determine if we need to do multiple tours or if we can just knock it out in one group. So, right. uh, in other words, spots are limited. So, if you'd like to go, you need to sign up. Yes, please do. It will definitely help us with planning. And uh, the the tour is basically, isn't it 9 to noon? Did we put that in I there? think it's yeah. typically, I think that's what we did last yeah, time. Yeah, about 9, nine to, to noon. noon. And what we'll do is afterwards we will all – plan whoever wants to can all go to lunch together yeah. um and we can you know have discussions um and so yeah but like john mark said uh we've been on the tour before colin does a fantastic job and uh yeah we're really excited for that all right two other things real quick community groups are back in full swing again you want it, full swing man full swing full swing yeah. My uh my community group met for the first time Sunday night and it was it was packed and then I know that the Reese's uh, the yeah, host of community Park group, group of Bluff Park and it was packed. Yeah, I heard um, there was like forty people there. I, yeah, I think that children. includes children. Yeah, yeah. this is nuts. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. Pretty pretty wild. So if you want to see the full list of the groups, go to our website shadesvalley.org. Go to the community tab. And under that tab, you will see groups. You can click that and see the full list of groups. I know the Women's Bible Study is about to get started as well, which has changed now to Tuesday nights. It used to be on Wednesday nights, uh, the, the Women's Bible Study with uh, Julie Kaler and Nancy Ledbetter. It's on Tuesday nights now. Uh, all that information is there. Lastly, about a month from now, we are going on an SVCC men's camping trip. Woo! To Oak Mountain State Park. We did this last year uh, in, you know, kind of mid-early spring. We're doing it again. It's going to be Friday, March 10th, Saturday, March 11th, and then we'll pack up and head home. Some of us will on Sunday, March 12th. So It was awesome last year. Yeah, it, it was such a good time. We had a, I mean, I think we had a huge group. Of, didn't about 50 people, yeah. 40, 40 to 50 folks, yep. including kids. So uh, if you're a guy that goes to Shades, it doesn't matter if you're married. You can be single, college age. You're invited. Um, if you are married and you have kiddos and you want to bring those kiddos with you, Oak Mountain State Park is a great place to camp with kids. Kids. Um, there's there's bathrooms nearby really close right, there's right. fishing hiking different activities yeah. um it's a great time yeah it was, it was it's it's a really easy way to i think connect um with with a lot of people and and even if you're like man i don't do the whole camping thing we did have a few people just come out and hang yeah. out yeah uh, like either on Friday night, hang out around the campfire, or yeah. on Saturday, came out and hiked with us and those kinds of things. So even if yeah. you're like, ah, uh, camping's not really my thing. Maybe you just want to yeah. come for dinner and just s'mores come, just and come hang, and hang out. out. Yeah, so. you can totally do that. But we'll we'll get a campsite uh, blocked out. And last time we just all pulled up and set up our tents and AJ brought firewood. And, I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. Such and a great time. I will double check the price. But it's super cheap. It, it it's like five and a half bucks, something like that, per yeah. person per night. Yeah. So it's super affordable. Super affordable. Yeah, it's easy to get out there too. It's about a thirty minute drive outside yeah. of uh, Homewood area. So sweet. Cool. All right. Well, uh, subscribe to the email if you want to find out more information about what's going on at Shades. You can do that by going to shadesvalley.org. Everything's on the website, pretty much for the most part. 
If you subscribe to the email, you'll get a weekly email uh, where we just drop it in your inbox, all the announcements, things that are happening around Shades. Email us at midweekshadesvalley.org because here at Shades Midweek, you're part of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.